This is Cody Daigle Oriens, and welcome to Bearded Fruit Unedited, the raw conversations that are edited down into the final versions of our podcasts. These conversations contain the outtakes that don't make it into our program, so if you enjoyed the completed episode, you might find something worth chewing on here. Enjoy, and make sure you follow us at www.beardedfruit.com for new episodes. Jingles. So bearded and so fruity. Basically. So, you ready? Hi, this is Cody Daigle Orians. My name is Neil Daigle Orians. And welcome back to another episode of Bearded Fruit. We should get to the point where we can say that word together. Bearded, bearded fruit. fruit. Wow. We're That's, the best. It's going to get edited out. Oh. Um, so, we're just going to dive right in to this week's um, topics. Um, we're going to start this week with uh, talking a little bit about a personal experience that we just had. Personal narratives as a means to enter a conversation. I'm in a jingle mood. And apparently this is the musical episode of Bearded Fruit. Well, everybody needs one. Um, this week uh, we went to Cambridge, to the Sinclair, and got a chance to see Laura Jane Grace and the Devouring Mothers. Live. Live. In concert. Yeah. And... Um, it was a fantastic show. Talk a little bit about uh, who she is. <laughs> okay, so um, Laura Jane Grace is the lead singer of uh, the folk punk band Against Me. Um, in 2012, in a Rolling Stone interview, she came out as transgender um, and kind of bucked the music world for a moment. Um, there was all sorts of reactions to, oh my god, I can't believe it, to suddenly those albums make so much sense. <laughs> um so um, it was it was a huge deal. Um, it was uh, a really good moment for trans representation, and since then she has continued with the band, con- continued to um, be the lead singer. They came out with um, Transgender Dysphoria Blues, which is a very uh, personal album where she sort of talks about effectively coming out, um, uh, as well as other um, as well as other topics regarding uh, transition. And gender dysphoria. I'm trying really hard not to say um. It's really bad. I'm suddenly aware of everything. Yeah. Um. She's worked with uh, Miley Cyrus for their. Um. For her. Oh God, I forget the name of the. It's uh Miley Cyrus's Happy Hippies. Okay, she worked with Miley Cyrus for her Happy Hippies organization. They did a really beautiful uh, acoustic performance in her backyard. It's on YouTube. Another thing is she has a um, I want to say HBO documentary series called True Trans on YouTube as well. That has uh, it, it's it's a short form uh, series where she tackles a different um, a different a different theme for each episode in regards to transition. So there's one where she talks about relationships. Uh, there's one where she talks about um, family. She has um, a young daughter who had to deal with her transition in the same way she did. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a really gorgeous story because it's not just hers. It's other transgender people and people who fit on that spectrum of transition. And so the, the concert that we went to see in Cambridge at the Sinclair uh, is with, with 
Laura Jane Grace and the Devouring Mothers, which is uh, the drummer from Against Me and a bassist who's not in the band currently, yeah. as I understood it. Uh, and the the concert was really sort of fantastic. It was more of sort of a personal narrative. Uh, Laura Jane Grace has a book they'll be coming out sometime, I guess, in the next year or so. That's a collection of pieces from her tour journals, which sort of travel us through the journey of transition and, and being becoming aware of being transgender or accepting that identity while being part of a really popular punk band on the road. Um and so the evening was really great. It, it combined performances, acoustic, basically acoustic performances of the songs and readings from the tour journal. So it was like a, a, a concert autobiography of her transgender experience. Well, one of the first things you said to me after like the first or second song, you're like, why isn't this a musical? Yeah, it was really fantastic. It feels, it, it, it felt like Hedwig. It, it felt like that, um, that Billie Holiday musical. It just was Laura Jane Grace being herself and reading from her journals. And I think the best part about that was how heavily the journals have clearly influenced what she writes. Um, there were there were times where she would be reading her journal and it would be a straight-up line of lyric that I recognized from a song, um, which I think is, is beautiful and gorgeous and also lets us in on her process um, as an artist. Um, so, yeah. I, and I'm relatively new, and by relatively new, I mean like five minutes ago. I was basically introduced to to uh, against me by Neil. Um, but being someone who's relatively new to their music and her music, uh, it was a fascinating concert to really look inside an artist's overall journey, um, and particularly getting that insight into into the, the like getting to see the interior world of transition mm -hmm. and how difficult that is when you're out on the road and when you're particularly in a, in a in a world that's so masculine and heteronormative mm -hmm. um it was it was it was really insightful and really moving i thought it was a really moving evening mm -hmm. yeah I, I know in my experience being a touring musician with um bands that have had women in it we would get asked every night if the girls were our girlfriends or if they were actually performing. And we would have to reiterate every time they're the singers. Like, we need them actually very desperately. So I can only imagine what being trans and on the road, like, in that situation is like. Um, granted, Laura Jane Grace has a little bit more clout than the heat machine from Lincoln, Nebraska did. Um, people actually know who she is. But um, it, it, it it has to be something really uh, really hard to deal with. I know, I remember in her True Trans special, she talked about one of the things that she recognized immediately after she transitioned was just how strongly her world was revolved, uh, just how strongly her world revolved around male privilege. Once she immediately lost it, she was just immediately understood what that feels like and what privilege actually is, um, which I thought was uh, amazing. Another thing that she said, um, I, I'm always going to say that Laura Jane Grace is so incredibly important. Um, I think Laura Jane Grace is so much more important than Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> um, in terms of representation. She said something in one of her uh, tour journals, she said something to the effect of, um, I don't think I'll ever be passing and I don't think I ever want to be. And it was just that that's so important. Like, it's so important that people hear that, that they hear that um, passability as cisgender is not the end goal for transgender people in general, um, for the most part. And that um, it's not about mimicking 
the cisgender experience. It's about being the the authentic. It's being your most authentic self. And I think that's that's what she's going for when she says true trans soul rebel. It's the idea of being your most authentic self. And it's clearly something that she accomplishes because that was something I was particularly struck by throughout the whole evening, that there is this real ownership of this is this is really who I am. And there's a, there's a pride and a confidence about sharing it, which I thought was really impressive. There was a really cool moment at the end uh, during the encore, uh, they shifted lights out toward the audience. So you finally got to see all the people who'd been singing along with every song for the whole evening. And it was a really striking moment for me to see a lot of these a lot of these concert goers who were mostly kids, I feel like early 20s, mid 20s, um, who had clearly been with the band for the whole time because they knew every lyric to every song and were singing along the whole time. And to think that, that they have, they followed this singer who used to look like something else and used to be someone else in a, in a, in a, in a way uh, through this transition. And now they're, they're embracing and loving this person who has gone through a very public and complicated transition that not a lot of people really understand. It felt like that's what progress looks like. That's what change will look like. Yeah, you said something like it was amazing to see all those dude bros rocking out to this trans girl. Yeah, like I mean that's and that's how change will happen. Um accepting and embracing. Yes, visibility and people being brave enough to tell their stories and um, I, I was, you know, I was a fan of her before, but I feel like I even, I'm even like a bigger fan now, mm-hmm. uh, for that. And really for the, for the dude bros, I'm happy for the dude bros because they're, they're going to move into a world that's better and different. So, um, everybody tweet at Laura Jane Grace and let her know that she should be on the Bearded Fruit podcast next time she comes around Connecticut. Uh, maybe this time we'll actually go to the Connecticut show and not be in New Jersey instead. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to check out uh, Laura Jane Grace, the album, particularly in terms of the trans experience, uh, Transgender Dysphoria Blues is the name of the album. I think it's 2014, uh, the Against Me album. Some really fantastic stuff. It's it's a go-to for me when I'm not listening to Carly Rae Jepsen or Kendrick Lamar these days. <laughs> Oh God, we're gonna have to talk about Kendrick Lamar someday on one here, day, <laughs> one day, one day. Not today, not today. Um, also, in, in the news this week, I don't want to say that. Um, so, viral star Brendan Jordan. If you don't know who Brendan Jordan is, uh, he is the fabulous little. Was he even a teenager at the time? Um, I believe the article says he was. Nope, nope, never mind. I'm reading something else. I think he was like 12. Yeah, he's the the. In 2014, he sort of, as, as articles have said, he diva bombed a newscaster by serving some very fierce moves uh, on um, to he a Lady was, Gaga song. He was feeling himself. He was feeling himself, and he became an instant viral celebrity. And since that moment, he has consistently been an outspoken person for uh, queer issues. Mm-hmm. He's he's. Um... Oh God! Uh, he started. Didn't he start a YouTube channel? I think I might be thinking of someone else. Um, but he he has walked for Marco Marco like all the other RuPaul drag uh, people. He has worked with Lady Gaga and her Born This Way Foundation. He just kind of became this this person, this this figure who is not only in a funny video because I mean let's face it that's really funny and like fierce and like amazing to watch him just like voguing and like 
everything in the background. But also, he has gone out of his way to use that um, yeah. for something. And at such a young age, it's really admirable alone. Right, he's 16 years old. Uh, so at a recent event for the Human Rights Campaign, the Time to Thrive Conference, Brendan Jordan comes out as one of the trans community. He came out as trans. Uh, I want to read some of the things that he said during this uh, conference. I'm starting to identify as one or as part of the trans community. I can't really label it because, you know, some days my more feminine side comes out, the she. Some other days I don't feel like putting on my fabulous mask and the he comes out and I'm totally okay with that. I don't know who I am or where I'm going to be in the future, who I will be 10 years from now, but I'm still a teenager. I just identify with both genders, so I go by the pronouns he or she, and it's just what I'm happy with. So, I feel like that's an incredibly self-aware thing for a 16-year-old to say, and it's really inspiring. I will admit that, you know you get internet overload with things and for a while i was kind of annoyed by by brendan <laughs> jordan i was just like oh god it's that it's that news kid who's just serving we get it you love gaga we get right exactly <laughs> um but i you know this i'm very impressed by that level of self-awareness and that that willingness for a 16 year old to so openly explain his experience mm-hmm. yeah and there's something um there's something really interesting and really admirable about the i want to say defiance of saying yes i'm a trans woman mm-hmm. like there's something really beautiful and admirable about saying i'm in between i don't identify as um neither male nor female some days i'm more male some days i'm more female and that kind of gender fluidity and that kind of gender fluid identity is starting to get a little bit more I want to say respect from people um, because of figures like Brendan Jordan and like even even uh, uh, Violet Chachki has made very similar statements um, where she says she feels more feminine one, some days and she feels way more masculine and doesn't even want to put on makeup other days um, so it's it's really beautiful and inspiring to see like it's okay it's okay to not know it's it's okay to not feel like you fit into the binary that we so desperately cling on to it's 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 refreshing and it's nice and it's it's great and i'm really happy that he is in a position where he gets to talk about that and he is doing so and he's grabbing the bull by the horns and just saying look this is my experience and i'm not alone in experiencing this other people experience this well, and I think it's also a very interesting place to to land uh, because really while he says he's coming out of one of the trans community, he's really uh, also talking about just being gender fluid or gender queer. He's, he's really talking about not necessarily identifying with either gender at this place in his life. But it seems like we are um, experiencing this cultural moment where – where cumulatively we have finally been able to have these discussions in public about people who don't fit into very clear gender roles or don't fit into very clear uh, sexuality roles that we are there's this moment now where that we are in as a culture where um, we're eager and visible and we're eager and and hungry to see visibility for people who are not on the binary Mm -hmm. and that's really exciting and, like, one of the main issues with talking about gender up until recently, there really just hasn't been much 
discourse and much even academic research as to what gender really is and what it means. So all of this is so new. So like, of course, there are millions of different words and millions of different identities. It's because it's all new and people are exploring them still. And people are finally getting to a point where we are allowing ourselves to be like, no, you can be neither male nor female. You could be a little of both. That's perfectly fine. You can identify as either he or she. That's okay. And we will support you. Like we're finally getting to the point where people are willing and are standing up for those kinds of beliefs so we're finally getting to a point where we can have honest conversations about what gender is and what it means and what it feels like and it feels like it's also creating a very a much an increasingly safer space for young people who are questioning their sexuality or questioning their gender identity that we have um Oh, for the last what 30 40 years now been building up this this world in which we can we can create safe spaces for people like brendan and we can create safe spaces for artists like laura jane grace and and other trans or gender fluid people uh to to thrive to have a platform to share their stories to live which is exciting yay or, or should i say yes and you know not to not to be kind of a not not to to do some uh words edit all that out um he also looked totally fierce at this conference i don't know if you saw any pictures but i saw a gif set he <laughs> is he are because he identifies us both he looks amazing Fierce. I wish I looked that fierce at 16. I mean, when you become good friends with Lady Gaga, I would hope that you get some sense of yeah. style rubbing off. So good for you, Brendan. Yeah, like now, you know, I, I, I retract everything I ever said about you being annoying. Uh, you're... You're kind of an awesome little hero. And Are we going to have to go back in our Twitter logs and... Oh, God. Uh, delete everything. Delete all the things. <laughs> no, really. Like, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does with his platform. Uh, it, it, it's very exciting to see someone who achieved a little bit of viral success turn it into something so positive for members of the queer community. Yay. Um, so, earlier this month... Um, Outsmart Magazine did an interview with Maya Taylor. Wait, do we know that it's Maya and not Mia? I just want to make... I, I figure... What's the... My, okay, I bet that's Maya. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I'm sorry. So earlier this month, Outsmart Magazine, which is a, an LGBT magazine out of Houston, did an interview with Maya Taylor, who was one of the leads in the film Tangerine, which uh, garnered a lot of attention and a lot of acclaim for being a really uh, groundbreaking depiction of trans lives, and particularly gained a lot of uh, attention because it featured two trans women actors in the lead roles so maya is going to be starring as marsha p johnson in the film happy birthday happy birthday yeah happy birthday marsha uh where she will be playing stonewall uh hero and stonewall icon marsha p johnson um i can't wait to see that i mean especially after the stonewall movie the white stonewall movie uh, the, I am the White Stone Wall movie where it was made out of white stones. Yes, and it was a white brick. All the whites, everything that was white. shattered the white. It was glass. just a white screen. It was a white screen. Um, 
particularly after how that film sort of spectacularly failed, it's really exciting to see that they are going to make a film about mm-hmm. Marsha P. Johnson, who was really just a secondary character in the Stonewall film anyway, to make a film about her with an actual trans woman in the lead role. Mm-hmm. Like, that's very exciting to me. For sure, yeah. It's it's great to see um, trans actors actually portraying trans characters. Um, it's It's refreshing because that doesn't happen that often like Laverne Cox feels like one of the first major roles to be a trans character that's portrayed by a trans person and I feel like this is like the stepping stone we're finally getting to the point where maybe trans actors can portray non-trans characters or perhaps maybe their transness doesn't actually their their character doesn't revolve around their identity as trans they just are like they happen to be sort of like how some roles are portrayed by black people but it's not about the black experience it's just they happen to be because representation matters and things like that i think we're still a very far away oh for sure because we still have you know um we still have jeffrey tambor well yes playing in transparent although that's a it's a performance i i admire i think it's a really good performance um you know, Maya Taylor was was much buzzed about for some sort of Oscar recognition. Her performance in Tangerine is really, really special and and really spectacular. Um, but the you know the trans performance that is is has Jared, gotten all the attention in award season is like Jared uh, Leto, Jeffrey right? Tamper. Well, and particularly this one, the Danish girl with uh, Eddie Redmayne oh, has yeah. gotten all the all the the attention award season attention for for that film which received a ton of criticism for its depiction of um the trans experience um i'm hoping that this is i'm hoping that yes i'm hoping it's a sign that we're going to get more trans people in trans performances um there is it's even in the theater world as well there's a an upcoming musical production in new york of um, uh, the stage version of the documentary southern comfort which is about two trans characters and their relationship and um the production has sort of touted itself as being you know where it's great we're hiring trans actors for the for the show but none of the trans actors are playing the two trans characters that are in the center the main the main characters they're not playing those they're having two cisgender actors play them um but it's helpful to me that that actors like maya taylor are continuing to get work and they're continuing to be featured prominently in these roles that are are hopefully will continue their career and grow their career mm-hmm. it's exciting yay Maya taylor we're proud of you <laughs> we love you maya taylor this is the musical episode dun, 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 dun. oh i don't know if this is relevant to our conversation but tangerine was shot only on iphones so that's cool i don't know that it's relevant to our conversation but why are you talking so as we do every week, we have um, – so as we're doing every week, we end every episode with a discussion of a couple of queer artists to know if you don't already. And since it's still uh, Black History Month, we're focusing on black queer artists. And uh, this week, uh, I would encourage you to go out and check out the work of uh, Terrell Alvin McCraney. He is a playwright um, who has – become incredibly significant as one of the like uh, emerging playwrights of, of note lately. Uh, he has a play called The Brother Sister Plays, which was a huge hit in New York and was uh, also done in Chicago at Steppenwolf. Um, 
He's got another play called Choir Boy, uh, a new another new play called Head of Passes, which will be the Steppenwolf. And he is considered one of the really exciting new voices in American theater, and he is black and queer. And uh, it's it, it's great to see his work respected in the way that it is, and to see him um, continue to get like all these really great opportunities. I think he's a, a really important writer. His work is lovely. Uh, I particularly like the Brother Sisters, the Brother Sister trilogy because it's all set in Louisiana, so it's it it also impacts me that way. Uh, it's some really lovely work, and he's definitely a writer to know. He's the next Billy Porter. Although they have nothing to do with each Although other. Although they have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Cool. And I would like to talk about um, Rashad Newsom. He is a new media artist. He's originally from uh, the New Orleans area, and he's been living and working in New York for God knows how long. Um, he His work talks about a lot of things. Um, it talks about um, ball culture. It talks about um, bounce culture. He talks about hip-hop masculinity and throws in queerness and how um, queerness and blackness have always been related, um, specifically in, in, his, um, in his juxtapositions of ball culture and hip-hop culture. Um, he has uh, this amazing performance piece that he has performed a few times at places like San Francisco Mocha, uh, um, San Francisco MoMA, um, he performed it once at a museum of contemporary art of some sort in Moscow um, called Shade Compositions. There are, a bunch, there are a bunch of really great videos of the people performing it where they're creating this sort of beat, this song, if you will, out of just like shady noises. That's the best way to put it. You just have to YouTube it. It's yeah, fabulous. We'll, we'll link to, <laughs> to Shade Compositions. Shade compositions because I'm Cody obsessed is with them. all about the Shade Compositions. I'm obsessed with them. I am more obsessed with, I don't have the title off the top of my head, but he has this video where he did this mashup of all these, um, of this, of this hip hop. Um, and the beat itself is some sort of like mashup of, of various hip hop songs. And then the video is, um, it takes video from hip hop music videos, specifically of the rappers rapping. And he edits the camera so that it moves and follows the hands of the rappers while they're doing their pointy thing. So then it'll just like, it's just doing that all over the place. I'm currently gesturing and nobody can see it other than Cody, but trust me, it's amazing. I think it's on his website. He's also a very well-known and prominent collage artist, and his collages are just to die for. They're fantastic. Um, he talks about like decadence. He's talking about an appropriation of, um, of white history within the coat of arms and um, all, of, all of the history that goes along with um, coats of arms and creating those using contemporary hip-hop imagery. Um, it's really gorgeous work, lots of gold chains, and like, it's just like he took he took a couple magazines, like an Ebony magazine, and just scanned a bunch of stuff and made these amazing compositions out of it, and then meticulously hand cuts everything out and then pastes it together. So yeah, Rashad Newsom is Bay. Rashad Newsom is Bay, and that was probably where we we're gonna end today. That'll be the next T-shirt that I make after everything is queer. Sorry, mom. So if you like what you're listening to, you can find us, Bearded Fruit, on iTunes. Now available on iTunes. Now available on iTunes. You can check us out, find us there, and subscribe. Also, if you like what we're doing, please leave a review and leave, uh, like, give us five stars or four. We'll take four. We'll take four. Can I, can I do a quick plug? Sure. Um, 
Also, look up our friend Emilio Herrera, who is currently working on this amazing project called the Social Justice Education Network. Um, he is helping us get a little bit more of an audience by featuring us. He has some amazing um, podcasts where he is interviewing um, people in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, where I'm from originally. Um, and they talk about various things that are not necessarily specific to community, but he's taking the community leaders and talking about things such as what is white privilege, what does it mean. Um, he has a bunch of really great uh, issue. He has a bunch of really great uh, conversations about um, Black History Month, why there isn't a White History Month, what it means, where he talks to black leaders in Omaha, and they they give their two cents on it. Um, so check out Social Justice Education Network. Uh, they are on Facebook, and they're on the web somewhere. We'll have a link. There yes. will be links. And we link to their podcast as well. Yay! We're, at, we're, we're, we're making friends across time zones. All right, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. I miss you.